Hello, everybody, and welcome to Brew Theology. My name is Ryan Miller, and I am the host and the director of Denver Pub Theology here in the beautiful state of Colorado. So today's podcast is going to be a little bit different. I don't have any friends with me. I'm sitting here by myself, and I'm not even drinking beer. That's right. My daughter is napping. I'm in the living room, and it's quiet in the house. But I thought uh, that the good people of the interwebs needed to know a little bit more about what we do, why we do it, and how you could be doing the same thing in your city, your town, your church, your nonprofit, your religious, or your atheist organization. So I have several groups of people that I want to talk to today. I grew up with an evangelical heritage in the Southern Baptist Church, and so I want to speak to those people. I have friends who are in the mainline, who are part of the UMC, uh, the part of the Presbyterian, the Lutheran, and so I want to speak to you guys. I've got a lot of friends who are atheist, agnostic, or a little bit of none. I want to speak to you guys. I've got extrovert friends. I've got introvert friends. I want to speak to you guys. I've got friends who are evangelical. I've got friends who are post-evangelical. Let's be honest. I think we all do. I've got some Hindu friends. I've got some Buddhist friends. I've got some Jewish friends. You know, uh, I think we can all say that we live in a pluralistic world. And so one of the beautiful things about Denver Pub Theology, the community that I've helped craft here in Denver, is that we are a mosaic of crazy, amazing, awesome, beautiful people who can actually sit across from the table, talk about Donald Trump. That's right. Talk about Mark Driscoll or Rob Bell, talk about Calvinism, Arminianism, open theism, process theology, feminism, patriarchy, fundamentalism, you name it. Like we talk about it and at the end of the night, nobody gets hurt. So without further ado, Denver Pub Theology, how did this thing begin? Uh, Well, actually, I I inherited it about uh, two years ago. You know what? No, no, let me go back. Three, around three years ago, our family moved to Denver, and I decided to become a stay-at-home dad. As my wife was in residency, I met a buddy of mine who inherited this thing called Denver Pup Theology. And around Christmas time in 2013, he said, hey, come check it out. I'm like, man, I love beer. I like theology. So I did. And I went to this pub, and there were about four guys sitting around. Yes, guys. Like I mean that in the sense all men, males. And it was good. It was fun. Uh, there were people there who were of you know, different uh, belief systems and walks of life. And I walked away feeling encouraged, like, oh, man, I'd love to do this. And so pretty much instantly my, my buddy said, hey, man, like, do you want to do this? Like, somebody gave this to me. I don't have time for it. I've got other things going on. Uh, and I said, you know, I'd love to, but right now it's not a good season. We just moved to Denver. I had a one-year-old at the time, and I was helping out another student ministry kind of get going at that point. So I waited about a year, and around that point, it had been like about seven months since we even had a Denver Pup Theology, and I told my friend, I was like, man, we got to start doing this more, and so I said, how about, how about I do it? Like, I'm ready now. Let's, let's get this thing going, so I said, sure, gave me the keys, so to speak, and about, I'd say 18 months ago, there were again about five dudes, which was great. I mean, you know, sitting around a table. Uh, and we realized that like the people that were there, they really, they wanted to be there. And so I go, okay, this is great. I can do this with five people. And I think we, I think we actually went to see the movie Exodus and then we talked about it afterwards. So not a lot of structure, but it was kind of a fun outing. And then, you know, I thought to myself, 
what if I actually put some muscle into this? What if I actually sat down, wrote some notes out, messaged some people? Wow, like novel idea. What if I planned ahead? Because we were, really weren't planning at all. And I began to do that with the five people that I had. And so at that point, uh, the five grew to 10, the 10 grew to 15, and so on. And so within about three months, with a lot of communication on my end, with a lot of uh, just other friends of mine like really wanting to be there, that, that was a big thing too. And just again, um, I'm like, okay, so you know, what's next at this point? We, we're doing this once a month. And I looked over at one of my buddies and I said, hey man, like, what if we did this every other week? And that's doable. We can totally do that, right? I mean with about 10 to 15. Sure, we can start doing that. And then at that point, more people started to show up every other week. We got a little bit crazier with our topics. Uh, We started moving beyond just conventional Christianity and some of those topics. So we began to explore things that I would say a lot of uh, the people within my heritage growing up would be afraid to talk about. And I think that's one of the major things that if you look at our ethos, like Everything is on the table. Everything is up for discussion. So no matter what comes up, whether the topic is a Christian topic or not, you, know, you, you bring in whatever you bring in. You bring in your experiences. You bring in your theology. You bring your ideology, your culture. And so all that kind of comes in. But we said, okay, let's be more intentional to say the topic now isn't just going to be a Christian topic, so to speak. And then as we did that, we realized, man, this is getting fun, and we started doing things like Black Lives Matter and feminism, and at this point, I'm going, okay, we've got to get a Twitter account, we've got to get you know, Instagram, we've got to get Facebook, we've got to get t-shirts, and you know, let's be honest, we live in the U.S. of A., and so branding's kind of a big deal. So I began to kind of take that on, of doing social media, doing shout-outs to breweries, and using actually different breweries every other week. And so the breweries in Denver, they love, they love a shout-out. People coming to drink beer in the middle of the week, that's more business for them. It's more love on the interwebs for them. And, of course, these topics, I'm like, I'm not the only one creating them at this point. I've got other friends who are probably smarter than I am, gifted than I am in their areas. And so they began to write about the things that they were interested in. And I had a friend, you know, this friend of mine, and, and she's a huge part of our community now, and she's Buddhist. And so she wrote a topic on Buddhism, which was phenomenal. That brought in some new people as well. And so at that point, I mean, we're kind of running and gunning. We've got social media. I mean, if you've seen us, hashtag Denver Pup Theology, kind of posting all the time, some good stuff there, giving the, the brewery some love and some shout outs, and also utilizing the people who have gifts beyond your skill set. So friends of mine... Uh, again, who have different ways of thinking, different religious background, or no religious background. One of my friends is an atheist, and he is one of our table moderators. He is a writer. He's also a teacher. He teaches in the school system. And so utilizing his voice, affirming his voice, saying, you know, he gets it. He gets how we rock. He gets how we brew. And, you know, uh, he's found a home here. And so I think kind of going back to square one, why would you do this? What would be the purpose of your church, of your ministry, of your town doing this? And for me, it comes down to the fact that we don't do this well in the Western world. We're horrible at it. I mean, I, I still get into some debates and fights on Facebook, let's be honest. 
I know a lot of you guys do too, or you end up unfollowing people. It gets crazy online. But when you sit across from the table and you drink a beer, and not everybody, not everybody drinks beer. Some people drink kombucha. Some people drink just water. Some really just drink beer that night, and they're really whiskey people. But we've s- surrounded ourselves around this concept of like, okay, beer's a big thing in this city. Denver's a pretty hopalicious city, so to speak. And so then when we do that, we realize we're looking at somebody across the table who has a heartbeat. They have a brain. They have a story. And every story kind of begins like this. At the beginning of our gatherings, people will say things like, I grew up Presbyterian or I grew up Baptist or I grew up Catholic, whatever it may be. I grew up Mormon. I grew up Jehovah's Witness. And then you wait for it. Within just a few seconds, you hear... I went through a period of deconstruction. I went through a season of my life where I no longer have this faith. I can no longer hold these labels anymore. And it's amazing how many people kind of look around the table for the first time if they're, if they're beginning to process this out loud in this community and they realize it's okay. Like you can actually breathe. People here still care about you. They actually want to know how you got there. And they want to know where you're going, and they don't really care if you go anywhere. We start with affirming people for who exactly like they are in that space and in that time, hearing their story, hearing their heartbeat, hearing their passions. And so we believe actually everybody has something to offer regardless if they believe something or not. So first things first, if you want to do this, you got to start with the right people. You got to start with people who actually give a crap. I mean, I'm not saying people who just want to grow a ministry for numbers sake. I mean, somebody like myself who's been in ministry since 1998, I can say that I know a lot of people, no names here, uh, who do ministry and, you know, they probably do it for the numbers. Not all, that's not everybody. Um, But I think a lot of people in our culture can snip that out. Yes, uh, numbers matter because numbers are people and people do matter. Um, So I think that for us, when we actually bring in, when we started bringing in 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, and now we're averaging 30 people every week, which is insane. Never thought we would be there. And these are people, every single person who comes in, they know they matter. And so when you start with the right people who care about other people, who when they're actually moderating a discussion – they're sitting across and drinking a beer. They're like, you know what? They're not going to cut somebody off. They might disagree with them. They might be passionate about their disagreements. But they look across the table and they say, tell me more. And not just you tell me more, but hey, all of you here, tell me more about why you think this or why you disagree with that. That's very rare and it's needed in our country. So start with the right people. The wrong people will ruin this from week one. I think you have to spell out your guidelines pretty clearly. Uh, we realize it within our community that while we've grown, we must stay small. And so while there are people always connecting with other people, and I do my best to reach out to others outside of the pub, within the pub, when you start getting beyond, I'd say, eight to ten people, you re- and I think we all know this, the small group is no longer small. When you have 30 people in a room, that's not a small group. And so continually kind of rethink how your group can manage multiplying making sure that the groups stay within around 10 people. Uh, and I, I think, too, within like having smaller groups, uh, if they're too small, it's weird because then the introverts feel like they have to say something. But if it's like 8 to 10 and 10 max, then at least the introverts feel like there's a safe space for them to kind of kick back, drink beer, and listen. And so, But if you have just three or four people in a group, 
people like myself, let's be honest, we're extroverts, and we will take over. So keep them small but not too small. Another big thing that we've realized that has been helpful is to create really rad content, some zesty stuff. Now, here's the thing. We've got a lot of nerds who make me look actually not that nerdy, a lot smarter than me too. But when we create the content, we make sure it's accessible to all people, like low-hanging fruit. So like if we talk about uh, you know, Christology or eschatology or process philosophy or – I mean we make sure we dumb that down, not in, not in a dumb way, but where people can actually understand what we're trying to communicate. So the content's got to be good. It's got to be relevant. It's got to be uh, something that people actually want to come and talk about. Imagine that. I, th- I feel like there are a lot of churches and ministries and groups out there who are even non-religious who probably have a lot of great content, but they've yet to figure out how to like make that accessible to the masses. And so um, that's important. Another thing, too, is to take time. You, you, can't, you can't rush – a little Denver pub theology, you know what I'm saying? Like you have to, you have to take time. At the end of the night, we realize like no, no one like wrapped anything up in a bow. No one says the final word. No one has like I don't get up there at the end and give a mini sermon. That's not my thing. That's not what I'm doing. So we take our time with these conversations, and we realize the conversation happens before and after and during life. And so, you know, when we when we do that. Well, okay, one hour, 30 minutes, that's not enough time, honestly. So even within our pub time, we make sure we spend two hours together. And that might seem like a long time, but believe me, when you have interesting people who want to be together, and you have beer breaks, and of course you have time where you're just kind of chit-chatting, two hours flies by every single week. In addition to that, something that we brought into our uh, our community is called – it's a, something called Remix. And so Remix is essentially – it's the same topic. This, the second week. And I call it remix because every time you do a topic and every time you gather with a different group of people, it is always remixed. It's never the same. The conversation might have the same content, but again, the flow is always different with different moderators and different people around that particular table. And so again, taking the time, don't rush it all in one week. You don't have to talk about you know, Black Lives Matter in one week. That would be ridiculous. Uh, the other thing that's kind of important to me, and I mentioned this earlier, is to know your pubs in your community. Know your city well. Uh, this has been – this is kind of funny. Drinking beer has paid off for me. My mom might disagree with that, and there's times where she's probably right. But when it comes down to it, uh, the pub for me is, uh, is like a sanctuary in a way. And that might sound sacrilegious to some, but if we believe, uh, at least in my Christian tradition, that the Earth is the Lord's and all that is in it. That includes a mountain. That includes a pub. Uh, so if the beer is the chalice, chalice, not chalice, then I think that's uh, that's right. All right. So again, I, when you think about like beer, beer is weird for some people in some cultures, and so some people won't even listen to this because they don't drink beer, and that's totally cool. And there are some people who cannot go to a pub, cannot be around beer. Definitely be sensitive to that environment, but there are people who can drink beer, and that is their culture, and that is their world, and they can do so responsibly. And so when you get to know your pubs, these people uh, who own these pubs and manage them are amazing people, and they do great things in our city. And so business is good. The pub world is good. I think um, I think there's a way to bridge the gap between the drinking world 
and the social justice community kind of religious world. And so know your pubs. Uh, the other thing that I think needs to be done is to advertise. Well, uh, there are so many things in our world right now. Like, for instance, I'm going to tell you guys to listen to this podcast. And a lot of you guys won't. Uh, those of you who are listening now who have stayed on for minute 16, hey, proud of you. Love you. I can't believe you're actually listening to my voice. But I think, again, the more shout outs, the more social media pushes, the more texts, the more emails. We live in a world where we are bombarded by thousands, literally thousands of ads a day. And so what's the one thing that your ad's going to do that's going to make people wake up and go, oh, this is actually interesting. Maybe some people in my town and my community would be interested in this. So make sure you do that well. If you just do, hey, we're going to do this with an email, you're going to get the same five people every time. Uh, a couple more things. Delegate. Delegate well. That's one of the things that I learned doing ministry for, man, almost 18 years now, just back in the church world. Is if This is the same thing with pub theology. If you want to do one of these, you have to make sure that you have friends. I think I started off with starting with the right people. This goes back to delegate. Make sure the right people are writing content and the right people are asking the questions around the table. And the right people are reaching out to people outside of the pub because here's the honest truth. The people who walk into the pub every week, regardless if they had a happy day or a sad day, they are humans with real struggles. And so we want to make sure that we're just taking care of people, a little TLC, a little love. And so delegate uh, that well. Lastly, if you are the host, if you're the director, whatever you want to call yourself, this is going to be a scary world for the non-church community. But for those of you who are evangelical or mainline, this is going to make sense. Pastor. Let me say that again. Pastor. That word scares people to death. But it's really a beautiful word. It means to shepherd. Again, that sounds churchy. So when I say shepherd and I say pastor, I simply mean take care of people. I truly want every single human being Every single male, female, agnostic, Christian, Buddhist, Jew, doesn't matter, straight, queer, bi, I don't care. I want to make sure every person is cared for. So if you are doing one of these and you're the person who's the ringleader, whatever you want to call yourself, you can call yourself a guru. I don't care. But make sure people are being cared for. That's huge. All right, guys. This is, again, Ryan Miller from Brew Theology, a beautiful new podcast from the community of Denver Pub Theology. Peace. Peace.